I always like to point, he loves you and me. And I'm so glad that he loves me. Amen. I'm so honored to honor Pastor today over 40 years. What a milestone that is. Huh? Praise God. Maybe I've been serving him that long, but to be in ministry, I haven't been quite that long <laughs> in, in different places. But I'm so glad that God has led us here for this season at this time. And he kind of spoke that to me in the car the other day. Told me a reason why I'm here. So I'll have to share that with Pastor sometime. I always try to share a lot with Pastor, but some things that you probably don't want to hear, but that's okay. But I always tell you the truth, right? Honesty and truth. That's how I stand. To be honest and be truthful. In Matthew, my first verse, Matthew Chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. I'm talking about in Christ alone. He's all that I have. And as I, as you study and you prepare something, you think about so many other things, don't we, Pastor? So many thoughts run and so many scriptures pop up. But I, I want to just uh, share this with you, Bill. Thanks for a few short time. It's not going to take very long. I think it'll be quick. Because the Holy Ghost is going to help me, man. He gets quick sometimes, you know what? Powerful and quick. It says in verse 20, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And he shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, and he shall save his people from their sins. Have you ever thought, you know, when he came, he came to save the Jewish people, to save them from their sins. But I take this personal too. I, I remember what John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that whosoever calls upon his name shall be saved. So I count myself as one of those people that he came to save. And thank God that they were a little rebellious back then, didn't want to believe that he was a Messiah, so that allowed him to bring it to the Gentiles. That's us, right? If uh, I had a friend ask me one time, he says, well, I was sharing gospel with him. He says, well, am I a Gentile? I says, are you a Jew? And he says, no. I said, then you're a Gentile. But I was telling him about Jesus. His wife was dying in the hospital and, and the whole family that uh, was of the Catholic background, nothing against Catholics. But they had so many questions that they were asking me then. And all I could do was tell them about Jesus. You know, it's all about him. It wasn't about all about Mary. It wasn't all about Joseph. It wasn't all about them. It was all about Jesus. He's the Savior that was sent. And they had a part in it, but thank God that Jesus came. His name is Jesus. And he shall save his people from their sins. All we have to do is just turn to him and ask him. You have to come to him. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I, just coming to God is... Is what helped me, is what saved me. You know, God had to send his son Jesus to save his people because Abraham, or Adam and Eve sinned in, in the garden and it caused a separation between God and man. So all through the Old Testament, I think about that, how the priest always went and sacrificed animals and sprinkled the blood on the altar and all that. But it wasn't saving the people. He was doing that to cover their sins. But there was no repentance from the people. See, it takes repentance from you that God can save you. You must repent of your sins. 
and God will take them away. We can, uh, I had a lady come up for, to the front one time, and you remember Sherry, and she was on drugs and alcohol, and she sold guns and ran with bikers and even made drugs, and she was in it all. I mean, all the way. She served it with all of her life, but she came up one morning, and she had a question to ask me, and I was telling Pastor about this. The Holy Spirit told me to back up. So I backs up and everybody's looking at me, you know, like, okay, what's he going to do? You know, and I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting to hear the Spirit says she's going to ask you something and you tell her absolutely not. And and I says, okay, you want me to do this lady's coming up. She's, you know, repenting and you're telling me absolutely not. What? So anyway, I walked up there and I, I said, Sherry, what do you need? And she says, I need Jesus. And she said, Pastor, would you ask him to forgive me of my sins? And I said, absolutely not. Now, figure you're telling this to a person that is wanting repentance of their sins. And the Holy Spirit told me, absolutely not. And then he told me to tell her, they're your sins. They're not my sins. You have to ask him. You have to ask Jesus to forgive you. I can't do it for you. I had to ask him for mine. So I told her what to say. She said it. And man, I mean, she went straight down on her knees and I seen a funnel of light. I asked everybody else at church, did you see the light? And they said, no. But it come down on Sherry. And let me tell you something. God delivered her of everything. Everything that she had done. God forgave her. Cleaned her. Made her white as snow. Oh, the blood of Jesus that he shed on the cross covers a multitude of sin. He covered mine. So the priest could offer up all the animals he wanted to offer. But until somebody repented, there's not going to be salvation. You must repent. Jesus had to come and offer his life and his blood on the cross for the remission of sins. He brings us into a right standing with God. He brought us salvation. He brought us everlasting life. This touches me because I know what God did for me. Salvation says the deliverance of man or his soul from the power or the penalty of sin. He redeemed us. Sin is so powerful. You know, sin seems to be so attractive. The devil has to make it that way. Because if it wasn't attractive, you wouldn't want it. But oh, what it does to your life when it enters in. And you're, I, I wanted to preach a sermon one time on the walking dead. Because if you're walking without Christ, you're already dead. The wages of sin is death. And there's no way out except through Jesus. He's the only way to eternal life. And it doesn't matter what you've done in your life. There's no sin so great that God cannot forgive you. He forgives every sin is what the Bible says to me. All of my sins were taken away by the blood of the Lamb. and Because I asked forgiveness of my sins. And He loved me so much that He chose me. God chose me. I didn't choose Him. But oh, when that man preached that day, I chose God. I chose to go to the altar and ask God to forgive me of my sins. And not only did He forgive me of my sins, but He filled me with the Holy Ghost at the same time. 
Scared me to death, let me tell you. I didn't know what was going on. And I wasn't in control anymore. God was in control. And I thank God that He took control. What a day that was. That hasn't happened to a lot of people. A lot of people said, well, who are you that you're so special that God would save you and fill you with the Holy Ghost? I said, I'm nobody special, but I know this, and I repented of my sins. And He came, and He saved me, and He cleaned my life up. Set me on a new road, a narrow road toward heaven. Took me off that wide way of destruction. God loves you so much that He'll do the same for you. In Acts twenty two sixteen, He said to arise and be baptized. And that doesn't mean water. That means to be baptized in the Spirit so that your life can change. Water is not going to clean you up. A lot of people want to take the baptism of water, and I've had different ones tell me that if you're not baptized in water, you're not saved. And I looked at this gal, and I said that Jesus is a liar. And she said, what are you talking about? And I said, because he hung between two thieves on the cross. And that day that man said, Lord, can I be with you in paradise? And he said, this day you will be with me in paradise. He did not have time to get baptized. He did not have time to get down off that cross. because. But that day Jesus forgave him. It only takes a moment for you to say yes to the Lord. And he will save you. Oh, Lord, help me. Sometimes these pages stick together, and sometimes I can't see. I said, I like the day that they put windshield wipers on our glasses. Amen. <laughs> Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's in Christ alone. And I like that song that Tammy sang. Because when the devil comes against you, all you have to do is begin to speak the name of Jesus. And he will begin to shake and quiver and want to get away from you because he sees something in you. When you speak the name of Jesus, there's power and authority in the name of Jesus. And the devil doesn't like that. All you got to do is speak the scripture against him. It worked for Jesus. It'll work for you. Amen. First John 2, 1, he said, He is a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but uh, also for the sins of the whole world, for all of us. He died for every one of us. Nobody's special in God's eyes. He's no respecter of persons. He died for the whole world because he knows we all have a need of him. John three sixteen. he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes... In him should be should not perish, but have everlasting life. I want that everlasting life. You want that everlasting life? Then all you have to do is believe on the name of Jesus and offer your life to him. Give your life to him. First John one nine says, And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's faithful. And he's just. He died for us, but there's going to be a time that he has to judge us. This is the just. 
You need to be saved when you stand before Christ. Your name needs to be in the Lamb's book of life because he cannot change his word now. His word is written and it's yes and amen will stand forever. He has to judge the world at the end. But he's given us warning, said, if you'll call upon my name, all of you will be saved and none of you will perish if you'll call upon me and believe upon him and come into a relationship with him and let him be part of your life. A lot of people think they got to quit everything they used to do. You know, golf. I like to golf. I like to fish. I like to do those things. And I don't have to stop doing those things just because I got saved. But I had to change the day on which I did them. I was on the recreation committee at John Deere. And all they wanted to do was everything was on Sunday. One Jesus began to deal with my heart and said, you need to come to Bible study. And I played softball. My wife didn't think that was much of a sacrifice that I would leave softball, but I love softball. We, let's be honest. There's things in life that we love. And all of a sudden, I, I, I start going Bible study on Wednesday night. I said, I'll still play on Mondays. And my wife notices. She says, you're not going to uh, play ball on Wednesdays anymore, are you? I said, no, honey. I started going to, to Bible study. We weren't going to church at the time. I started going to Bible study. And this is on a Sunday morning. And I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm writing notes frantically because the Lord changed my message that morning. You're not going to preach on that. And I began to write. And she said, what are you writing down? And I says, oh, he did it again, I told her. He changed my message again. But we have to deliver the message that God wants delivered for that day, for that time. He has a reason every time that a message is delivered. And I think, well, God, these people are all saved. Why do I deliver a message like this today? But God says, this is what I want to speak to the church today. So I got to be obedient and speak it. I asked him for a scripture one time when I uh, was getting called to the ministry, when he wouldn't leave me alone. And he told me to, to speak the scripture as pleasing him and not as pleasing man. And I said, OK, it's a deal. He said, you got to preach the truth because the truth is what's going to set people free. That's what I set you free was the truth. You heard the truth. You, you obeyed the truth. You went to the altar and I saved you. So you must preach the truth. There's too much stuff being preached around now that's not the truth. Heard a man the other day saying, well, you know, all sin's not bad. That sin's not so bad. You know, he's speaking this to a church. That sin's not so bad. I, I thought, well, I'm going to take two pages and I'm going to write down the sins that he calls bad and the sins that he calls not so bad. And guess what I had? I had two pages of sin. I said that God said to abhor sin, to hate sin. And so I hate sin. And a lady uh, in the parking lot the other day, I stopped to see a friend. Didn't know why I stopped him, but he needed prayer, so I got to pray with him. And this lady says, do you have any work I can do? I said, well, ma'am, I'm not from this area. I don't live around here. She says, well, I need some money to get me some cigarettes. I said, well, first of all, if I had some work, I wouldn't give it to you to do. Because I'm not going to support any habits like that. And she said, oh, I said, but I want to tell you something. Do you know Jesus loves you? He cares about you. God wants to take you and provide for you, but not cigarettes. I'm sorry if you smoke. Don't take no offense to this. My brother and my brother and his wife smoked and 
it took them back out of church. Something like that shouldn't take us out of church. We need to stay where Jesus can get hold of us and help to clean us up. No matter what habit it is. Could be a dirty mouth. God cleaned me up of a dirty mouth. I don't even like to read the word ASS out of the Bible anymore because God took that away from me. I mean, is that serious to me that God delivered me of that? I don't even like to read that word, so I call it donkey. I said when Paul met Jesus on the road that God knocked him off of his donkey onto his donkey. But God did, and he cleaned his life up. What was the first thing that Paul offered to God? Can anybody tell me what the first thing was that Paul offered to God? You know what it was? This is what I take from the Scripture. He said, Father, or God, what will? So he delivered his will to God. What will you have me to do? How many of you are asking God, what will you have me to do? Even at this day and this hour. God's offering up his salvation to people. And we ask, what will you have me to do? What he wants you to do is be saved and not perish and go to a place that he's preparing for us today. He's preparing it. And then he said, I'll come and get you. Hallelujah. And he's coming back. And he's coming soon. I believe the day is drawing very near that Jesus is going to come back. I'm not going to try to tell you the day or the hour because no man knows that. I'd be a fool to try to tell you that. Jesus himself don't even know. I'm looking forward to the day that God reaches over and taps him on the shoulder and says, Son, go get the church. Go get your bride and bring them home. I'm looking forward to that day, hallelujah, that I can go to heaven and be with him. There was a man in John 14, his name was Thomas, one of the disciples, looked at Jesus and he said, Father, how can we know the way? How can we know the way? Have you ever wondered about what the way is for you? Jesus looked at him and and he would say this to Thomas and he would say to this to us also, I am the way, the truth and the life. There is no other way to the Father except through me. I am the door to heaven. I am the door to the sheep. You must enter in by me that you can't climb up any other way. You can't do anything else. No, you can't pay enough money. If you, if it costs money to get into heaven, the woman with the issue of blood would never have made it because she spent all that she had on doctors. But all she had to do was come to Jesus and reach out and touch him. The blind man in the crowd cried out, uh, Father, would you don't for, you know don't forget about us and and I, this always interests me. It said that he he looked at him and said, "Come to me." Now he's talking to a blind man, or maybe it was two. I can't remember. There's so many different var- variations in there. But he said, "Come to me." He's telling the blind man, "Come to me." And the only way he got healed was to get up and come to Jesus. He followed his voice. Listen, it's the voice. If God is speaking to you today and He's calling you, then you need to respond to Him and you need to move. Because this is a day or the hour of what God has salvation for all of us. Today is a day of salvation. We may not have another day. We may not see tomorrow. He doesn't promise tomorrow. He only promises today. Jesus was pretty much telling him, I am the answer to your problem. And if you got a problem today, he'll say this to you. I am the answer to your problem. Jesus is the answer. He said in Zechariah, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And if you'll yield to Jesus, his spirit will clean you up. But in his spirit is power. 
Hallelujah. And I love His Spirit. I love His presence. I know what He's done in my life. John the Baptist said, I baptize you with water, but he that comes after me shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. I like it because Jesus said he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting to him, coming to rest on him. That came to rest on him. And I believe he was filled with the Spirit at that moment. Because he went into the desert or the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights to be tempted of the devil. But if there's one of the, the Gospels say when he come out of there, he come out of there with power. With power of the Holy Ghost. So I know he's filled with the Holy Ghost. And he used the word against him. Well, think about this. Jesus is the word. Hallelujah. Everything that the devil offered him was his already. What a dummy. You see what the devil's a dummy. Isn't he? He's a failure. He's a, he's a liar. Hallelujah. He's ugly and his mom addresses him funny. That's what Julie says anyway. I said, well, sis, I've never seen him and I don't think I ever want to, so I'm going to heaven. He's ugly and his mom addresses him funny. <laughs> you know, since my wife's been gone, there's probably been people saying that about me. <laughs> He's ugly and boy, somebody dresses him funny. I'm glad that I put the ties with the shirts that she picked out. She was a great help to us. But Jesus is a better help. Amen. There's times I sit around and, and I, I, when I was studying, I liked to, she would come to the door and she'd say, uh, wanted to say something to me and I'd talk to her and I, but then there was some thoughts that Jesus had gave me and I'd ask her, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Listen to this, what God is saying. And I'm asking you today to listen to what God is saying. Today He's speaking to all of us. He's speaking to all of us. And it shall come to pass, he said in the last days, that he's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. I'm telling you, the spirit gets poured out on our flesh here today. But only if you'll worship him, if you'll serve him. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Lo, I'll be with you always. And he's here today. How do you know he's here? Because he said, we're two or three of you are gathered together. There I am in the midst of you. And when, when the girls got up, the very first song they sang, I was looking on the paper trying to find it, but it wasn't on there. But I sure enjoyed listening to it. And I'm telling you what, I could feel the Spirit of God just begin to move on me while they were singing that. And I came expecting. I asked God, I want to see a great manifestation of your Spirit in the church today. I want to see somebody's life changed. I want to see somebody blessed today, God. I won't get jealous. I'll rejoice. Don't you get jealous when somebody else gets touched? Don't get jealous when somebody else gets healed. He says to rejoice in the name that was written down in the book that you mentioned, that she gave her heart to the Lord. That's the time to rejoice. The, evil, the angels in heaven are rejoicing. And we should stand and rejoice that one more has been written down. One more has been snatched out of the devil's hell and is going to heaven. Hallelujah. That excites me. I don't know about you. It excites me to see somebody saved or somebody blessed or somebody healed. I get excited about that because I know Jesus is in the house. Amen. What he done for others, he'll do for you. And he's coming back. I believe we are in the last days.